Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Listen, as a young child, we all have dreams. We all have dreams of what we want to do in life. We want to be a fireman. We want to be a police officer. We want to be a doctor, a lawyer. Um... I got my new dream, Adrian. I got my new dream. Watching how all these companies are trying to get into the gambling space again. Uh, you know, you live in Las Vegas. I spend half my time in Las Vegas. We are all very familiar with the sports gambling uh, space. What David Portnoy was able to pull off yesterday, uh, one of the great transactions, I think, in sports media history. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with it, uh, this year, in fact, February, Penn, which is very big in the gambling space, sports gambling. Um, they purchased 100% all of Barstool, Barstool Sports for over $500 million, I believe $550 million. Um, there is a ceiling, as successful as Barstool Sports is, and they are very, very successful. There is a ceiling sort of to their reach and to their pull. And as Penn National tries to grow their reach and their pull and tries to, really, there is a duopoly. There are really two main forces right now nationally in the sports gambling space. It's FanDuel and DraftKings. And if you want to crack that, you, you, you have to figure out a way. Barstool, as again, as successful as they are, and they are very successful, they were only going to take them so far. So Penn had an opportunity to do a $2 billion, that's right with a B, $2 billion deal with ESPN. One part of that deal, though, one problem, uh, they could no longer be in business with Barstool Sports. They had to divest themselves of Barstool Sports. And when you're trying to do a deal like this and probably trying to do it as quickly as you possibly can to have this deal in place by the beginning of football season, there were not a lot of options. So David Portnoy, just mere months, from having completed the uh, sale of Barstool Sports, effectively got his company back for $0. Now, of course, it's not exactly for $0. There are some strings attached. One of them, no, you cannot have any other sports gambling um, uh, partnership. So, you you know, I, I don't think moving forward, Barstool can have any other sports gambling uh, deals. The okay. other thing... They can't have a um, they can't have a sports book again. Penn started a sports book with Barstool. Those will all be rebranded. Um, and really quick, because I, I know we're doing a YouTube show, and I want to loop you in. Not only have I been um, paused, <laughs> Adrian. It's sort of one of those like when my like guys is close. So we'll try to do this live. Can you? Uh, I think you can hear me, but obviously no, you probably sure. can't see me. Good on the video. Don't worry, I'll edit. I'll put a nice little beautiful picture up. <laughs> where you're frozen for those of us watching right now. Um, but no, keep keep going. I got you. I got oh, you. Okay, so here's the thing. So Penn is going to rebrand all of the Barstool Sports sports books into ESPN Bet sports books. Um, so from the Barstool sp- perspective, here are two things. 
they can have no uh, future partnerships with any other sports books. That is a, that's not a small thing to be honest. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, he got his business back for zero. But you know, as you look forward into how a company makes its money, different partnerships, things like that, in this world to have a sports company and say uh, you can continue, but you can have no sports book partnerships. That is significant, but listen, not, it's not $550 million significant. And also, if sure. David if David Portnoy were to sell the company in the future, Penn would get, would get half. So I, I think when you heard Portnoy say he is never, for as long as he lives, going to sell Barstool, there's two big parts of that. A, I, I don't think he's ever going to get a situation like he did where he, you know, sold it for $550 million, million and got the company back for, for zero. Uh, he can't do better than that. Uh, but the other thing is like, why would you sell unless you just got a crazy offer when Penn will get half of that? So those, those are the big two things in play here. Um, but an amazing turn of events, amazing for Barstool, amazing for Penn, Here's the question for Penn. How much does the ESPN partnership really truly help them? Is it really worth $2 billion? It is a $2 billion gamble that they will gladly make because because you have to swing for the fences. If you are going to try to compete with FanDuel and with DraftKings, and at least, listen, if they can get to number three, they will have won this. I mean, so it's really not so much about surplanting or, or, or taking over uh, FanDuel or DraftKings. But if they can kind of rise to becoming the clear third, that's a win. So, Adrian, long-winded way of saying, was it all worth it? Was it all worth it for Penn? Well, first off, I got I to gotta do a, a sidebar before I go into any of these situations. Um, I personally think Barstool Sports is trash. I yeah. think Port Noise trash. I'm not about that bro culture at all in the slightest. And with that being said, let's dive into this. Um, look, if you're competing for that third slot, like you just said, um, when, when, you're, when you're trying to get into the game with FanDuel and DraftKings, having ESPN and that name be attached to yourself, that is a worldwide brand. And you get that to take over uh, from, from Penn to ESPN bet. Like, to me, that's half the battle. Um, you're getting someone that can now deal with the scale of what they're going at. Um, the gambling money, like, I don't, I don't know how to put that $2 billion in perspective. Um, I do know that Dave Portnoy taking his company and not being able to get the majority of that, of that revenue or get any revenue from sports gambling or anything from that space is kind of crazy because that's what's powering everything. That's yeah. going on. Like, just just think of like just everything going on. The the games have changed. Just like college football and, and players getting paid. Like the fact that now the the curtain's been 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 opened. We see the light and we know what's going on. They're the reason the math has changed in everything from sports, from sports media to actual teams building sports books in their stadiums to everything. So to not be able to have that money is kind of baffling because that $2 billion, if someone says it's hefty right now, well, who knows what it's going to be five years from now when every state 
is legalized is going to have it legalized. And real quick, and real quick, Adrian, because no one's talking about it again. Because like the headline here is that Barstool was sold in February again, completing a purchase that was uh, put into place three years prior. But again, the, the final total purchase price was five hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, so the fact that that sale happened and then you get the company back—that's the headline. And I get it. Long term, though, when you look at a business model that is a um, advertising-based business model, and what does that mean? Like, it's not subscription-based. If you want to consume content from Barstool Sports, you don't have to subscribe. You don't have to sign up. You can go there for free. Uh, but the reason you can do that is the um, advertising that pays its bills. And, you know, just being a full disclosure, like, I don't think the Sporting Tribune could exist without uh, you know, uh, sponsors in that space. So they have to get creative. The other unique thing with the bro culture you talk about is, you know, a lot of these sports gambling companies like Penn have no problem with that because they want to get those young consumers, young gamblers. Um, if that is removed again, lo long-term play, when you look at the long-term viability in, I think Barstool will be fine. But what I say, what I'm saying is you have to get creative. So when you, when you remove from the equation, FanDuel, DraftKings, um, BetMGM, WinBet, uh, even the, the offshore companies like uh, Bovada and whatnot, if all of that is removed, if you cannot get a sense from sports gambling companies and you cannot get into the sports book space, it really uh, restricts your viability in terms of getting those sad dollars. So now you have to go to what? Um, like liquor and beer and spirits and shoot, I don't know, maybe strip clubs. Again, what, what companies will do business with a company like Barstool, which, by the way, it sounds like they're going to go back to, and again, they, they, they never really steered far from that bro culture, but they are going to lean more heavily and uh, we'll probably do things that get the wrong kind of headlines again. But again, they're not worried about that right now because they no longer have to work, worry about a big company. So they're going to start doing some of their old school stuff that got them into hot water. And again, that's significant because what company, big companies, that's going to give you a $1 million deal or, or a multiple million dollar deal? Again, that's how you pay the rent for the brick and mortar um, office. That's how you um, hire a, a staff. When you're a, an advertising based business, you need those ad dollars to come in. And when they're not coming in from the sports books and the casinos and stuff like that, where will it come from? No, I mean, every, everything you just said is spot on. Um, I like, I, I, how do I, I I'm, I'm trying to trying to put this in a positive light. I guess Dave, Dave, ultimately he gets his company back. And this was a brand that is a lot of, I don't know what the proper phrase is, but Dave is such a part of Barstool sports that you can't, really remove one from the other. So that's a partnership and that's cool. The people that are diehards will continue to consume the content that they're consuming. But to, to have that kind of, it's kind of like you have two broken hands now um, in terms of revenue that you're trying to bring in. And, and, you know, for as much as I dislike Barstool, I thought it was cool that they tried to have their own bowl game um, and they kind of did it all in house and they, you'd watch it on their platforms and it was a legitimate college football bowl game. Um, and, and some of the things that they try, 
Um, and, and they'll still continue to do that, but it's basically how long is it going to last? Um, not that I see it going down in one or two or three years or anything like that. You know, they have a legitimate, they have a humongous fan base. They have one of the best. A lot of people like their podcast. Some would argue some of them are some of the best podcasts when it comes to sports. Um, but basically, Disney didn't want anything to do with Barstool Sports. They tried that for a week or two, and they said, uh-uh, when it, when it came to ESPN. Um, and they basically rented, they leased out the ESPN name to Penn for yeah. $1.5 billion after Penn leased out the name to Barstool. It didn't work out for them. Now they're getting the name of ESPN from what I know, and it's it, it shout out to Disney for get, for for being able to do that. This um, it's it's weird, right? Because you know here in Las Vegas we we air on the bet. Um, and for those that live here, you you know you can hear me on more than just the show. And I've kind of been under the radar because I've actually never placed a bet before in my life. Um, I've never placed a sports gambling bet. I'm not too in depth with any of it like i've tried to stay away from it as as it's as the game has changed and now your espn ticker at the bottom or your fox ticker has all these things in it that it didn't have before when it came to gambling like sometimes i think this is like this is kind of od like there's too much Mm. of it but it's not going anywhere it's going to increase and now like barstool like it's it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out um I'm sure they will continue to be great. They're not going down anytime soon, but this may have been a situation where his pride and wanting to get his baby back, which is Barstool Sports, um, you know, he wanted that back. He took it. Penn gets to lease out and try to do this again, um, and we'll see how it plays. But this is really the wild, wild west when it comes to all this money that's being involved. You know, it, it was obviously a no-brainer for him. He knew Penn had to do this deal. There was really, I, I don't know what, like, option two would have been, because here's the thing, uh, to your point, Barstool is Dave Portnoy, Dave Portnoy is Barstool. And so, like, if Penn would have just said, hey, like, let's try to sell this for, and again, no one outside of Penn, I think, would have sold it. Like, it, it would have had been a deal that Portnoy would have been happy with, uh, because again, you, you couldn't just sell the company and port noise say, I don't know who these new people are. I'm not going to be a part of it. And then there would have been a mass defection. Um, and then at that point, Barstool ceases to exist. I mean, Barstool is what it is because of the personalities in play, whether it's Portnoy, a PFT, Big Cat, you go down the list. So Portnoy knew that he had Penn in a very compromising position. Um, again, if you can get your company back that you sold for $550 million for zero uh, cash, you have to, to do that. I guess what we're saying is, you know, long term, like outside of, you know, these first few uh, five, six, maybe even 10 years, like at some point you have to say, shoot, we can't, we can't get like any sports gambling money. We can't do anything in that space. We can't launch a sports book. Like at some point that it will be a problem. It's not a problem today, but at some point I think it will be. Think of this. Um, Another thing that's kind of, that's weird about the deal um, is I think FanDuel entered the game about a year, a year and a half ago when they got Kay Adams, who was let go or, or was no longer doing Good Morning America, Good Morning Football, Good morning football yeah. Network, um, and then they gave her her own morning show that she has 
um, on FanDuel, FanDuel TV. Um, and then I know, think they have a couple smaller shows. And then DraftKings has gone heavy with it. They they gave Dan Lebetard a lot of money to launch his network. And his TV show now airs on DraftKings TV, which is something that they just started within the past couple months. I know Mike Golick, Mike Golick Jr., like, like they're starting to build an actual schedule um, and build their own uh you know what you're call their own TV networks, right? Yeah. But even even outside of that, is is FanDuel is the one that has Sham Sharani exactly. as an official like NBA insider for them, right? Exactly. He, well, he he is a part of the, those shows that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember when all this stuff was going on, I was like, it's really nothing for DraftKings or FanDuel to say, like, hey, I want to, we want to hire Adam Schefter from ESPN. Yeah. Um, and as we and I'm I'm trying to put this all together, all right. So stick with me. As ESPN and Disney is like, we need to start selling off some of these TV networks because, and not just ESPN, but FX and our what we own of Hulu. Like, we need to start selling that and focus on the actual content that we're making and not necessarily having a network. As they're getting rid of that, it could be very easy for DraftKings or or FanDuel to kind of take over as being one of the main hubs of where we consume our content of yep. sports and for, for Barstool to enter this and kind of take themselves out of that because why wouldn't they want to put a Barstool's show on FanDuel or DraftKings? Yeah. If, what I'm, if, if, what I, if I'm understanding this information correctly and they can't do that, that's a big blow. And yeah. also any of the revenue that they do make um, just going forward is automatically split in half that you're giving it to Penn. Um, it's just fascinating because do I think Penn is now going to become DraftKings or FanDuel? Absolutely not. I think that for someone who's on the verge, maybe kids turning uh, into adults and turning 18, they might just go to ESPN because it's the big name and they're like, whatever, I can trust this. But it's just a lot of fascinating money being thrown around that might ultimately for both sides not really pay that much dividends in terms of long-term success. Here's why I don't think it's going to work out, or at least work out in the way that Penn wants it to. And again, when you make a $2 billion deal slash gamble, I mean, so ESPN is a brand that we're all familiar with and we all know. I tune in uh, mainly for the games. You know, I've really steered clear like over the past few years of watching, uh, you know, first take and get up and shows like that. However, they have probably the largest, um, uh, you know, uh, slot of, of games, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, college football, the national football league, the NBA, the NBA finals. I mean, like, again, so I, have to consume their content for, for, for the games. Their gamble is you love the brand so much that when it comes to sports gambling, you're so familiar with the brand, you will go to ESPN bet. How did that work out for um, ESPN Zone? How did that work out for um, ESPN The Phone? How did that work out for um, oh, ESPN The phone. Magazine? Oh, the phone was fine, right? So... The, the, the problem here is they are gambling that you love the brand so much and trust the brand so much that you will not only watch it for the games and the highlights, but when it comes to pull, you know, going into your wallet and placing a wager 
um, you're going to continue to do that. The problem that I see there is that, A, if you're currently gambling, if you're a gambler right now, you already have your places to go. And by the way, the thing that no one ever talks about, yes, sports gambling is legalized. There's a lot of people I, I, I know. I live in a state uh, in California that gambling is not yet legal. By the way, it's not yet legal in Florida, Texas, or California, the three biggest states. So once that happens, now we're talking. But um, people are still comfortable with the guy that they placed their wager with for years. And beyond that, they're, they're, they're familiar when they go to Vegas to the guy that they know at uh, Circa or Caesars or something like that. So this is really for the novice gambler, the person who's placing that $20 bet for the first time and they've never done it before. And it's like they saw the QR code on the bottom left corner of the screen while they're watching highlights on SportsCenter. Will that equate into a $2 billion business or, or will that be worth it for them? I'm not sure. I have my doubts. Um, but let's leave it there because uh, we have to talk about more important things. Like I, I, I still want to know more about your trip to Detroit to cut the SummerSlam. I'm still very jealous that you got to go. So I when we come you. back, we will talk more about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I forgot to mention this in the first segment. We have launched the Sporting Tribune Espanol. Yes, we uh, we are. Listen, we, we, we are in Los Angeles. We're in Las Vegas. We're in Hawaii. We definitely embrace all cultures, all languages, all communities, all uh, all of our good friends out there. Claudia has been doing an amazing job with these interviews. We just hired a uh, young man, Christian, who is going to be at games. And again, uh, whether it's YouTube podcast with Adrian Hernandez, you can not only uh, read, listen, hear in English, but also head Espanol as well. Hey, this is a huge, this is a massive deal. And you kind of over, let me help you sell this. Yeah, please. Thank you. My, my girl, Claudia, she's interviewed in the past month, Ahmad yeah. Rosario, who just got traded to the Dodgers, Julio Rodriguez, the stud of the Mariners, Aaron Judge. Who Amazing. else? I'm just. Mookie Betts. How about that? Mookie Betts. Like, Claudia's doing an amazing job. All of that content you can see at YouTube.com, um, at the Sporting Trib. Sporting Trib, T-R-I-B. Be sure to go follow that and subscribe. That's where you watch this show. That's where you consume this. So to be able to launch that in Espanol, shout out to shout out to all my Latinos. You know what I'm saying? My Puerto Ricanos, my Mexicanos. From wherever you are, if you speak that language, we got you. Uh, young Christian, too. I, I haven't met him. I look forward to getting to talk to them. We need to get them on the show. Yes. We need to get Claudia on the show. She's a superstar. We need to get some of that rub and bring her over here because she's been kicking ass. So, yeah, shout out to them. And before we get out of here, um, you keep asking me about SummerSlam. Yes. And somehow I'm better at selling this company <laughs> than I am some of the stuff that I do. So... I decided, why not take a look? Well, a listen for those on the radio um, about some of the interviews and some of the content we got at Media Day at SummerSlam in Detroit. Um, you'll hear 
from my guy Baron Corbin. You'll hear from Ricochet, Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman, some of the biggest names in the world of professional wrestling. So take a listen. And then after you listen, I'm going to need you to watch at youtube.com slash at sporting trib. Do yourself a favor, grab some popcorn, (laughs) hit that subscribe and enjoy the sporting tribute invading Detroit, Michigan for the 2023 version of the biggest event of the summer. It's SummerSlam and Adrian Hernandez. You guys enjoy this. Our SummerSlam coverage kicks off with the man who's been dominating, the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther. Gunther, thank you so much for the time. Uh, I want to start off with what you posted on Twitter, being the first pro wrestler featured on the cover of the biggest newspaper in Austria. How did that feel? Oh, it's great, actually. That was actually the newspaper that my family had a subscription for. So we had it in the mail every morning. So when I was growing up, I was reading it every day. Uh, when the guy called me and said, hey, we put you in the front, uh, on the front page, it was cool, obviously. Um, yeah, more like, a, how should I say, like emotionally fulfilling moment, if that no, makes sense. Of course, because it's your childhood, right? Like you're definitely putting that in the plaque, correct? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. We got, uh, my mom bought a few examples of that, so uh, yeah, definitely going to keep it. And I think it speaks to your run and kind of this legacy that you're building. And obviously, we just started Media Day. The question that you're going to get from everyone is you on this pursuit of Honky Tonk's record and breaking that. And I want to ask specifically with that, what's the proudest part of this run that you look back and go like, damn, I did that? Um, I would think what I'm happy about and because I started, re- I started wrestling in 2005 or something and it took me till maybe 2015, <clears throat> pardon, or 2016 to really break out. And through the time I had the idea of what I want to be as a wrestler and how I want to be. And I could achieve everything I achieved with just being myself. Um, I think that's a very cool thing. So it's kind of like a justification that my idea about this sport and how it should be actually, that works. People like that and it's successful. Um, I think that's the overall part that's yeah very fulfilling. And of course, throughout this run, I mean, we could look at Clash at the Castle, your Royal Rumble run. You're kind of not even stealing the show at this point. Everyone expects your matches to be bangers. And I think this one with Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam is no different. To you, is there is there pressure to put on that great match? Or it's just, no, this is the job. This is the expectation. This is what I do. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think basically that's what it is. I don't go into it and be like, oh, it's, I don't know. Try to be confident about myself because if I go out there and be like, I hope they like it and I hope they don't hate it, that's none of my concern. I go out there and I do what's best for the match uh, and what I need to do to be successful. And my last question, your boy Kaiser said something. He said, no American will ever hold this intercontinental belt, this title. Do you agree with that? Um, from how it looks at the moment, doesn't look good for the Americans to get there. <laughs> Neither is the World Cup team, but we'll talk about that later. Gunther, thank you so much for the time. Our SummerSlam coverage continues. We're here at Media Day. I think you're a friend of the show. This is our second Media Day. We talked back in LA. I don't know if you remember and how could you. You talked to a thousand people since then, but I taught you something. I taught you about drip. Do you remember this? I remember that. In drip. There it is. There it is. I use those words in my life. Lit. And drip now. Well, do you know what drip is? Uh, this. Like, this. Are you about to compliment me? 
there we go. She learned the drip is impeccable. I do just a suggestion, maybe just a one-on-one, a big and tall for, you know what I mean? I would like to rock that too. Oh yeah? Halloween's coming up, you know, we're a couple months away. Zoe Stark for Halloween? That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Well, Zoe Stark, we talked to you. It was before an NXT event. Yep. Things have, things done changed. Big time. You're, you're on Monday Night Raw, you're in WWE, you got the call up. If you could take us behind the scenes of getting that call and just that hour of chaos of getting the news. Uh, it was a very emotional roller coaster, you know. I, uh, I've been wrestling for now 11 years. It took me seven years to get to WWE. And then it took me another three, because of the ACL and everything else, to get called up. So through all of that hardship and all the sacrifices and all of the hard work, when you finally get your name called for your dream to come true, it's one of the best feelings in the world. I can't imagine. It's... It's betting on yourself. As we sit next to Gunther, you, everyone here, we all have a journey and, and it's cool to see. And that'll lead me to my next question. Uh, kind of talk me through the difference in a, in a show day in comparison to NXT to being on Raw and some of the differences. Um, so for NXT, it's, a, it's the vibe is completely different. And I don't know if it's just because NXT, you do have some newer people, so you have to be very, very hands-on and walking through every single step, and that might be it, but Raw seems to be a little bit more chill right now, where you kind of go back, you figure out what you're doing, and it seems more relaxed in a weird way. It's a hard thing to explain unless you're actually back there. How does it also feel like the fancy quarterly reports came out, and the WWE, the attendance is up, Viewership, it doesn't matter. Puerto Rico, England, wherever you guys like, the records are being broke. We're on fire. And there's like even the argument about the Attitude Era versus currently. And I don't want to get into that. The one thing I do want to ask you is like the energy at these shows from the fans. Because it kind of seems like whether it was Puerto Rico, which I'm a big up because I'm Puerto Riqueño. (laughs) Whatever it is, it kind of felt like Puerto Rico issued a challenge to the rest of the world to be like, nah, if you show up in Monday Night Raw in Kansas or Cincinnati, wherever, like you need to show out and be loud. How does it feel performing in that? It's amazing. So the closest, uh, the big pop that I've heard so far was at Money in the Bank when we were in, you know, the UK. When EO went up and grabbed that briefcase, the sound was ridiculous. It was crazy. And I'm just sitting there and, you know, EO and I, we have history. Both We were tag team champions in NXT. So being able to see my old partner grab up and she being successful, it makes me a little bit emotional. I'm so happy for her and to hear that for her was crazy. I definitely want to pop like that. So when that happened, y'all better cheer for me just like that. You damn straight. Um, I couldn't not do this interview and not ask you, of course, you and Trish Stratus, um, you're living out my boyhood dreams. So I'm <laughs> extremely jealous of that. But of course, just like the relationship with Trish, how helpful it's been, and maybe like something that people wouldn't expect of her personality or anything like that. Um, she can be very sarcastic. <laughs> Canadians. Yeah. She's such a sweetheart. She throws in these little jokes that might fly over your head, but it's kind of, she can tell if you're listening or not. If you're listening and she says it and you get it, she knows you're listening. If she says it and it goes over your head, she's like, all right, dude, pay attention. So she's very sarcastic and she's sly. And you got a million other people to talk to. So we're going to close out with this. Your goal leading up to WrestleMania is what in the WWE? I think a lot of us will say this, but main event WrestleMania. 
I have big dreams. I'm shooting for the stars. If you're not aiming for those, then what are you doing here? Zoe Stark, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you. But now, our first guest is a man who faced the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar and the rubber match of their highly personal conflict and perhaps earn the respect of the beast in the process. Please welcome the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Yeah? Delicious. Excellent. Del legit delicious. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Do you, do you want to try the blue one? Just to, oh, well, why not? I mean, Let's I'm, find out. No pressure. <laughs> Super brain. Ruthless raspberry. Ruthless raspberry about to be consumed by Cody Rhodes, and the verdict is... They both thumbs up. If I had to pick a winner between Ruthless Raspberry and Barry Powerbomb, I'm going to go Ruthless Raspberry. That's my pick. That's my pick. All How's right. everybody doing? Yeah? Well, Who's all in here? Sorry, I'm just jumping on. No, no. Over the place. You're feeling the energy now from the season. How's floor. everybody? Good. AJ's in here, huh? All right. And Bill, too? What a mix we've got here. Little round of applause for Bill After. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Bill. Oh. What do you want to do? Well, I guess we can take some questions if sounds, you're ready. Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. First one goes. Yes, sir. Hey, Cody. Good to see you again. Chris Van Yes. Cody. Hey. You've had quite the story here with uh, Brock Lesnar. It seems Tommy, like did you hold up? Did you really just turn the. Wow. Get Tommy come back out here, please. Tommy, please, please. Just, just, guys, this is Tommy. Everybody say hi, Tommy. Tommy makes a lot of things happen backstage that are very difficult to get done. So he's a huge, important member of the team and been wonderful to me. So we love Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Labels out. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Okay, yes, Chris, you had a question. Yes. You've had quite the story here with Brock Lesnar. Looks like yep. maybe that story. Uh, has come to an end here tonight. Talk us through that moment after the match that you and Brock shared in the ring. I got asked a question um, right after it was over. We were just filming some uh, behind-the-scenes content, and uh, I don't think it's dawned on me what a moment like that really means. Um, this run, since I came back to WWE, has been consistently surprising to me in every way. And I think that's why I'm so touched by it all. It's real. It's as real as it could get in, in this world. And um, that'll be something that I look at and, and have a very uh, deep, deep appreciation. I mean, the guy also hocked a loogie on me in the middle of the match. Uh, he is given me more German suplexes, more F5s, F5s through tables, absolutely eviscerated me on many levels. And somehow, some way, I felt like there was maybe just this bond by battle there in that final moment. And I, I'm very grateful for what's happened. Uh, I, I don't want to wrestle Brock Lesnar again. Uh, but I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity to do it and to compete at his level because I said this uh, last night. When he's gone 
And I don't know when that's going to be. Who knows? Because he can go. When he's gone, I think the world will realize what we've got. It's a freaking unicorn, you know? That's just a very unique, once-in-a-lifetime individual. And to have that moment at the end, uh, and I know I'm kind of this is a longer answer than maybe I was supposed to give, but uh, I thought a lot about Brock looking at him tonight, and it reminded me of how my dad um, looked at Harley Race. And I thought, you know, maybe I've got my Harley Race, you know, maybe just because there's nobody tougher than Brock Lesnar. And again, uh, that was a special moment. I'll, I'll, I'll know what it really meant in the days to come. Bill? Yes, yeah, so your uh, matches, you were talking about Dusty and Harley Race. So Brock Lesnar kind of interrupted your title reign, looking for the title at this point. Mm -hmm. So what are your plans now? Intercontinental, U.S. Championship? I think, uh, I think everybody in the room probably knows what my plans are, right? And uh, I mean that with the utmost respect to the question. Yeah, yeah. But... We were talking about finishing the story. Mm -hmm. Now the thing that I've been kind of saying to myself, saying out loud, saying while I'm laying there on the mat, is get back. I want to get back to the situation that I was in, to the same scenario I was in, and fix that outcome. Um, I'm not going to say specifically what that is, but I think we can all read between the lines. And the journey to get there is dang near next to impossible it really is really really is including three with brock lesnar but uh that would be what i would hope but again as i as i told chris consistently surprised so you never you really never know i don't mean that as a a tagline with me on monday nights you have you never know and uh it's been a great surprise so far thank you cody thank you Next question, first row. Byron, you really weak in how you selected that there. I'm making it dramatic. Okay. <laughs> it's a dramatic point. Dr dramatic oh point. Congratulations, Cody. Thank you. We've all been watching your documentary, and this was a moment that we've all been waiting for, and you had this emotional moment at the end of it. You had a moment of sportsmanship of mutual respect what do you think your dad would be thinking about this moment tonight i'll tell you i wish i knew um as much as i think about it right i had this crazy dream uh the other night i told the a few people here at at WWE who even know who this person is, and it's a limited few. I had this dream that my dad introduced me to Eddie Graham, and I was gonna be a, a young wrestler coming into championship wrestling from Florida, and I just didn't want it to end, and then I woke up, <laughs> and um, I never, I've never met Eddie. Um, but I, as much as those moments come and dreams like that happen, I do genuinely try to think less about what would Dusty have said? What would Dusty have done? And I think about, um, damn it, sorry. I think about the people I have 
And the documentary pretty much <laughs> named them. Uh, I have my mother, uh, Brandy, and Liberty, and my sister, Teal. Tonight I was reminded backstage just how important my brother Dustin is to me. I don't, I don't give him enough love, and I should, brothers. Um, but uh, that's who I do it for. I could spend all, all my dreams thinking about Dusty and what would have happened and how he would have felt, uh, you know. Um, but uh, I got him for what I got him. And uh, he, he, uh, he's with me every step of the way. Cody, Connor Casey, comicbook.com. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know everybody in this room, I think. Right? Anybody new? You're new, huh? How you feeling? Okay, good. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's, it's a welcoming environment. Yes. You, you went into great detail in the documentary about the American nightmare and what that means to you and that yeah. persona. Um, now that you've been back here for a bit, how do you want that character to evolve going forward? <sighs> wow. Great question. I... I feel like I just stepped in to the role, right? Now, I, the American Nightmare, I mentioned... There he is. I mean, he, he is really becoming a staple there at these WWE events. Uh, the man himself. It's Adrian Hernandez. Uh, you know, I'm sure when you look at the big four, that is the goal, I'm sure, for my man to be at. The, those, those big four, we talk about WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So looking forward to your coverage, my friend. You traveling... The world, maybe. Uh, oh, by the way, yes, you did. You were in Puerto Rico. You were in Los Angeles. You were in Detroit. You're everywhere. I love it. My brother, we will, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.